Well, welcome back to another Off the Circle. On today's show, we have good friend Jack Kleemeyer of GYB Coaching. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way. Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before. Well, welcome back, everybody. On today's show, we have Jack Kleemeyer. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jack, uh, is it, there's a joke there, isn't it? There sure is, yeah. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Jack is a good friend of mine, uh, lives here in Indianapolis. Uh, actually, actually, you did the amazing thing one time when my kids were out of town. You had me over for Easter dinner yeah, once yeah, with your family. Yeah, I did. And, and it was uh, absolute pleasure and heartfelt and uh, just amazing to spend time with your family. So thank you oh, so thanks. much for that. Uh, yeah. John, and then John is, uh, I, I, John, I see I'm getting ahead of myself now. Yeah. Jack has invited me uh, multiple times now uh, to see uh, John Maxwell shows. Uh, right. which, which are absolutely incredible. The last one I think was at the Indiana Armory. So yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So we had a, we had a great time there, but Jack, uh, you know, for people who don't know who you are, uh, you've been a coach for 25 years, a leadership coach for 25 years. Yeah. I've been coaching for 25 years. I started off way back in the early days and um, it, it, uh, my first part of my first coaching training was how to dance through a problem. And the facilitator made us, literally dance through a problem days i don't like to remember much doug because i never made a client do that but it's probably it would probably, it would probably work <laughs> just change your physiology change your state right so but yeah but yeah 25 years long wow time. and and then the last five years you've really uh gone all in and become a john c maxwell coach and yeah expert. i have yeah you know a funny story about that doug if i can doug john was speaking at the uh Indiana Human Resources Conference, the SHRM conference here, right? And so I put in a proposal and had a mentor help me and I got selected to speak at the Indiana Human Resources Conference. And then I looked to see who the keynote speaker was and it was John Maxwell. Well, the Maxwell coaching opportunity started in 2011, but in 2015, I thought, well, you know what? I'm speaking. I'll go ahead and become a John Maxwell coach. And then I will, um, John and I can pal around, right? A little naive. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, John's only $60,000 for an hour speech, but, uh, you know, so I thought we'd just pal around, but so when the schedule came out, you know, the first thing you do is look to see when you're speaking. It was Wednesday morning at seven 30. And then I thought, I wonder when John's speaking Wednesday morning at seven 30. So I had like four people in my session. Yeah. John had like 400. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think I had a similar thing. I think, I think there was one time where I was up against Jay bear once and it was when he was, you know, keynoting basically all over the world. And it was the same kind of thing I had, you know, I think I had like six people in there, uh, including my family and mom and, <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that closed down the bar, they were still yeah. a little inebriated. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but, but you're, you're a veteran coach. I mean, I, I'm talking 25 years consultant. Uh, you've been a speaker, uh, entertaining speaker, by the way, for anybody who <laughs> can get a chance to see you. You've got some videos online too, that people I should do. really check out. Um, you're the founder of Grow Your Business Coaching. That's where the GYB uh, comes from. And it's a company specializing in helping solopreneurs and small business owners attract more clients, grow their business, and live the prosperous life they deserve. 
Uh, and then, and then your list of credentials is absolutely incredible too. Certified facilitator for the coaching clinic by Coach U. Certified facilitator for Get Clients Now. Certified facilitator for Myers Briggs. Certified consultant for Colby Systems. Certified master practitioner of neuro linguistic programming. Certified language and behavior consultant uh, for Shell Rose Charvet. Charvet. Yeah, Shelly Rose Charvet. Yeah, right. Charvet, wow, yeah. I said that right. And, uh, and then a certified one-page business plan consultant and facilitator. Um, so I, 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 one, your background is just so spectacular. And it really is an incredible niche because I started as a solopreneur and uh, was quickly over my head. And, and just, uh, you know, I knew what I wanted to do and I knew I was good at marketing, uh, but the whole business side and sales side and optimism and you know everything yeah. that you needed to kind of get your business in shape was that's where i was really struggling with and so having a having a coach like you and a friend like you has been absolutely phenomenal just from a personal uh standpoint yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I think that's the biggest thing i think you know the, all the things were you know the, the important things you said the optimism piece your attitude because that's that's what drives everything and it's so you know, being a, a leader or being a solopreneur is very similar in that it's very lonely. Um, and, you know, John, one of the um, laws of leadership is, you know, the, the more you grow up, the more you got to give up, you, you become, you've got to give more to other people. And same thing's true in a small business, right? As you found out, you've got to give more to your clients and, and then worst time for us and all that. And so you need some strategies to kind of figure that out and try to help it. How do I um, correctly and positively and, purposefully cope with that without doing the wrong things. Yeah, well, I love that more to give up because um, for folks that don't know that uh, you may not know, but you know, my business was acquired basically last year. And then I ramped up with four, three other co-founders this year. And mm -hmm. a big reason why that happened was because of that was because I just, you know, it took 10 years. I'm kind of thick. <laughs> it took 10 years, but I figured out what I hated doing every day versus what I loved doing every day. And I decided to give up what I hated doing. I hated, you know, chasing after the sale. I hated uh, the business, you know, all of the business and accounting and, and uh, you know, stuff. All I cared about and really loved was the marketing and coaching and, and helping my clients. And so I really had to kind of come to, you know, the realization that, hey, maybe I'm not built for that other stuff. And maybe I need partners that can do that instead. Well, and I think, you know, the built for it, maybe, maybe not play to your strengths, which is I commend you for realizing that and playing to your strengths. And that's what more people should do is play to their strengths. What, what am I good at? And what am I not good at? And quit trying to major in stuff you're not good at, focus on what you are good at, and then figure out how to manage the other stuff so that you know, you don't, you don't become your own worst problem. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and uh, unfortunately we don't uh, admire that too much in the business world, right? Is if we right. see someone, uh, you know, great, great friend of mine, AJ Ablog, um, he did a lot of videos for us and, and runs a videography company, Ablog Cinema. He decided, you know, the, uh, you know, the COVID just hit him hard. And then, uh, and then of course he had this incredible rent because he had a, a yeah. video studio and he put out a video most recently about, you know, kind of what happened to Ablog Cinema and it was the downfall and the boom, boom, boom. And, and I told him, I, I, you know, I said, boy, this is not something to mourn. 
this is something to really celebrate you, you know, cause now as an employee, he's a young guy. Now oh, as an yeah. employee, the information that he has on hand about running oh, a business God. and what it takes right. uh, is going to make him invaluable to any employer out there Absolutely. because they're going to look at him and go, Hey, you've sat where I sat before, you know what I'm going to go through, you know? And, and hopefully, hopefully they'll do that. You know, some people, their ego gets in the way and they don't, they don't look, seek um, counsel. They don't seek outside help or intervention when, when they probably should, um, you know, probably the reason why I switched kind of focused my business more to, to leadership side is because I've worked for some really shitty, I'm sorry, bad leaders. <laughs> right. And, uh, and so I, you know, it's just kind of like, I don't, I don't want that to happen because, because when you're, when you're with a bad leader, you, you think you're cracking up. I mean, you think you're losing it all and, and it's, and you may be some, but the reality is, is that the, the leader just, just is, not, is a mess. There's a site that I follow on Facebook of, of some, people that are in leadership and human resources. And one person said the other day, um, how do we monitor our employees that are working remotely better so we can make sure they come in on time and don't take too many breaks. And, <laughs> and it's kind of like, Ooh, you know, yeah. so that, that manager is going crazy because he doesn't know what he's, he's got to know. He's got to know what his people are doing as opposed to trusting. And the, the funny thing is, is when you, when you let go, you get more, you know? And so, but, but it's gotta be the right, it's gotta be the right dynamic there. But, um, a post somebody beat me to it but what they put was is the work getting done you know that's it that, that's that's what matters right so right. what after i get everything i need to get done by tuesday afternoon do i, do I need to keep doing stuff or, you know and, and do i know what to do because it's the start that stops people most people employees usually aren't clear about what they're what they need to be doing and 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 managers leaders are so busy doing stuff that they forget to explain to them and you know kind of walk with them and help them understand so they can think for themselves and I, I think that's a that's a real key is to let go of your ego and just find out what your folks need and how do you how do you serve that yeah i love that and the the other one that i always focus on i, I read a book uh, a long time ago is first break all the rules oh yeah um, right yeah mm -hmm. yeah marcus buckingham, marcus buckingham yeah right and and it changed my life because it it was you know i'm going to paraphrase it but you know if you're a mechanic um, you don't figure, you don't look at a wrench and say, boy, this is a terrible hammer. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you figure, right. you figure out what the wrench is good for and right. you get everything out of the way so that the wrench can do its work. Yep. And, and I, and it, and it really changed my perspective from being an employee too. I, I actually had the conversation a couple of times with my bad bosses where I said, you know, they said, these are the areas that we want you to improve. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. And, and they said, what? And I said, yeah, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to be good at that. I'm, it's just not, yeah. it's not what I'm, what, what I'm strong for and use me to my strengths and I'll kill it. But yeah. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, that's, that's the e-myth too by Michael Gerber, right? Is that the entrepreneurial myth is that you're, you're good at really good at something and you get into business and you realize that very little of what you do is doing what you love. And so how do you, how do you do that? How, and, and Gerber's solution was to system, systematize things. Uh, you can do that. You can also outsource things. But, you know, Marcus Buckingham, uh, he was one of the speakers. I, I, every year I do this program where I invited you at the Armory was to, it's called Live to Lead. And, and um, last year, Marcus Buckingham was on there and his message was amazing. He, he went off script completely. And it was funny because he said, you know, I, I'm going to go off script and everybody kind of clapped. And he goes, you don't understand. I, I'm very scripted. 
and he goes, this, this may be a train wreck, but it was, it was, it was incredible. Um, but he just, he shared some personal stuff that he had been going through about how his wife had, um, bought into that, pay the colleges to have your kids get accepted into school and all that. And, 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 and the effect it had on his kids and his family and, and, and his very point that the thing he talked about is to, you know, one of the myths, the lies that we tell his book is nine lies is his latest book, but it's, it's, um, to be a well-rounded employee. And that's a, that's complete hooey, right? Find it, find out what you're good at and work at what you're good at and figure out how you can be better at what you're, you're good at. That's where your passion is. Time stops. You know, you I mean, you can work out like you, I'm sure Doug, you know, you, you realize all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I've been working for 10 hours. But if you love it, it's not, it's not a chore. It's, it's what you do. But so many times we try to pound these, these nice people and talented people into the wrong place to make them do something else. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that is an ideal point. And the re the reason why we wanted to have this discussion today and the reason why I invited you on the show was because obviously we are in, uh, some really challenging times. Yeah. Um, ter terrible times, especially for business leaders. Uh, I was, you know, one of my key clients that I was working with, uh, they worked for the school districts. Mm. And when schools closed, uh, it was literally 100% of their revenue dropped. It was, and now imagine being in that industry and you've invested in that. He bought this business, invested heavily, mm. had a great workforce, everything else. Who would have ever thought in a million years that right. someday schools, students wouldn't be showing up to school. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and so he was left with just some, you know, horrible, horrible decisions that he had to make about personnel and business and everything else. And so I thought that it would be great to have you on the show because um, whether you're a marketing uh, company, and I think uh, the numbers that I have read is that up to 40% of marketing staffs uh, could be cut by the end of this year. Wow. Uh, which is insane. Yeah, uh, it's, it is. and it's not, it's not just hard from a corporate standpoint where you have to get things done. It's also going to flood the market with talent, which of course, you know, drops wages and, and everything else. Right. And we might be talking for the next year or two or three years, some really hard times, you know, uh, for people in my industry. And then of course, talking to business leaders, I think is the other aspect of this is, you know, gleaning some knowledge, you know, from you on, you know, how, how does someone wrap their heads around this and then uh, react in a timely manner where they don't bury their companies. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, one of the phrases that uh, John Maxwell says, and, and the audience may not know, uh, who John Maxwell is. I mean, some, some may, some may not, but he's a, a renowned author, uh, speaker, um, subject matter expert on the topic of leadership. Um, um, World News and Business or whatever, Business Week, I guess, I forget the exact magazines, but they rated him as the top leadership person in the world. So he's, he's written close to 100 books. I mean, so it's, you know, he, he's a prolific writer, prolific content deliverer, um, and um, just a, a sought after speaker. Uh, and, you know, and, and so what he did is to start having Facebook lives for us and the John Maxwell business, you know, just about because his, you know, his whole schedule, his whole year uh, in March, everything he had scheduled, gone, boom, all my speaking engagements, boom, gone. Just like you're talking about four folks, you know, that, that's happening. And 
you know, I feel sorry for the folks downtown Indianapolis that, and in many downtowns, right, is that, you know, besides having to be shut down because of whatever reason, um, then there's other stuff going on that causes problems. And, and how, how are, how, how's leadership responding to that? And, and John's been saying for a while, John Maxwell has been saying for a while, there's a leadership shortage in it. And I think it's becoming more evident in this whole pandemic, this whole crisis thing we're going through. But one of the things he says is, is that everything worthwhile is uphill. And, and so you, you can't accomplish anything worthwhile without going uphill. Too many times we do downhill activities and expect uphill results. And, and so the good news is, is everything worthwhile is uphill. The thing that sucks about it is everything worthwhile is uphill. Right. And this is part of the uphill piece. This is part of that. And, you know, um, w one of the laws, 21 laws of leadership is you, you're not you don't hire who you want. You hire who you are. In other words, you, the person you attract, it, you, who you are is who you attract. And so if you haven't worked on yourself, if you're not growing, if you're not developing, then who, who you attract, you know, you wonder why the employees have a problem. It's it's. It starts somewhere. You know, one of my favorite quote from John says, everything rises and falls on leadership. And it so does. It's so, but it's such an easy little thing. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So if it's a sales problem, if it's a employee problem, if it's a morale problem, if it's a, whatever the problem is, there's a leadership issue in there somewhere. Um, and that's, that's good news, I guess, is that, you know, okay, well, can we take it in? But so many times people, um, you know, their, their ego gets in the way and they, they can't say that it's my decisions as the leader or, or what, what should we do here, right? They just um, make, make bad decisions or worse yet, don't make any decisions. <laughs> I remember at Ball yeah. State uh, at college, you know, uh, largest high school in the Midwest, for those of you that don't know. But um, no, actually, Ball State's a good school. It's a great school. <laughs> I had a boss that went there also. and He was, a, he was one of the great bosses. And he, he used to say that largest high school in the Midwest. But I had, a, I had a professor that walked in and um, he'd been the president of, of Bud, Track, Bud, Bud Trailer and a couple other big companies. And, and our, our whole, whole class one day was when there's a decision to be made, and then he used some cuss words, make a decision. That was the end of the class. Yeah. When there's a decision to be made, make a decision. Just make a decision. And that is so hard for some people to do is to make that decision because they second guess themselves. They make the decision, right? I mean, take, I mean, use use what resources you have, you know, the data and stuff that you have come into, but, but, but make a decision. Yeah, that's right. That's a really strong point. I think back when, um, you know, last downturn my business had, we had kind of three key clients that left at the same time. And it was, you know, it, it wasn't, um, performance related. It was budget related timing. Right. Um, typically in marketing, if you lose, it, it's probably the same with you. If you're a leadership coach for a uh, CEO at a company and that CEO then leaves that job, <laughs> typically you're looking for work yeah. too, yeah. you know, Bob and here? it's no Bob left. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. yeah. And that's the same with me is if my, you know, chief marketing officer leaves or goes to, you know, goes cross country or whatever, chances of me maintaining a relationship with that company are, are slim, you know, and that's, that's okay. I don't, I don't mind that at all. But the last time that it happened to me, um, you know, I had three key clients leave at the same time and I had a bunch of employees. And to your point, I, I scrambled. I didn't make a decision. I just scrambled. You know, I went and looked for money and I looked for quick hits and I looked for, and all it did was throw me, boy, it just threw Took me into a game. black hole. 
Yeah, oh, and it threw me in a black hole. Yeah. yeah I yeah. I took bad yeah. clients on top of bad clients. Yeah. I then put this enormous pressure on my employees. You know, that started kind of this, you know, back and forth where, you know, I wasn't getting along with my coworkers who were fantastic. And, and, you know, when everything was great and bright and shiny, we were, we were yeah. having a great time, but, but when yeah. things went downhill and I didn't make a decision, I really took everybody down with me, you know? And then by the time I did have to make a decision, boy, it was, it was too late, right? It was the damage yeah. had been the damage had been done. And so I love that, that, you know, you, you do have to make these decisions. You know, and I think, I think the thing about adversity, what it does, this adversity more than any other ever probably uh, is it, it, we're all on common ground. We're, we all, you know, because what happened to you happened to me, what happened to Ford Motor Company, happened to Indianapolis school system, ha- happened to Kansas city <laughs> Dodgers, right. ha- I mean, Kansas city, right. Chief, or, right. It happened to everybody, right. It happened um, Kansas City Dodgers, where'd that come from? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that happened to everybody. Happened, happened to everybody, right? And so um, that, 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 that's a good thing because that's, that's a huge competitive advantage, I think, if you realize that, is that now you can realize what you've been going through and the angst you've had and the um, turmoil you've been going through and know that the person you're going to call or reach out to or talk to has gone through that same, same, those same places. And so that, if, if we, you know, Native Americans said, if you walk two moons in someone's moccasin you really know them and so basically this whole since march we've we've been walking in everybody's moccasins we know what people are going through we just have to be respectful of that yeah you know, and, unfortunately you know. though we still don't talk about it enough do we no we don't we don't <laughs> you know, bit, like i i it's a weird thing but you there's this piece of being a leader where you have to uh you know just just sweat and bleed confidence you know, and if I want someone to hire me, they have to see that I am just the most confident, optimistic person in the world. And so then the fear is, well, do I put out on social media that things are tough? Do I, you know, right. do I, when I get on a conversation with someone, do I talk about how difficult things have been? And, uh, and you know, even, even when the entire world was crashing, right. yeah. I was watching companies just kind of go quiet. And they just didn't say anything. They just kind of sat there and mum was the word. And I, I, I don't know who it was that said it online, but uh, uh, they said they did this amazing video and it was, it's not your fault. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that, that was the first thing that they said. And it, and it really resonated with me because I yeah. was sitting here just starting up a new company. We were going to hire people. We had all of these, you know, things in action. We had signed contracts. We had, we had done all of this stuff and all of a sudden the world crumbled around us. And, and when he said that, it's not your fault. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it, it really resonated with me. And I was like, wow, that's really yeah. a good point. Why am I feeling guilty? Why am I feeling bad? This wasn't a decision that I didn't make. This yeah, was right. literally or, things or outside make. my control. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a mistake in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I think, you know, one, one of the major principles that, um, and I'm still, it's still a work in practice for me, but um, is taking time to reflect and reflect on, you know, what, what, what have I learned here? What, okay, this, this happened. What did I learn from it? And I, and, and I've always been one that, you know, with outgoing personality and, maybe attention deficit disorder some. And then uh, what were we talking about? No, anyway, so I would say, uh, (laughs) but you know, it's like, take time to reflect. Um, And that's, 
that's that's key is to think about okay what did i learn from this what what you know what would i do different next time what would i want to keep what do i want to and we don't take time to do that because we go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and that you know my dad growing up with my dad you know he just was all you know get to work get to work you know and, and working for your dad is probably the worst thing you can ever do because you know he don't, they don't care they just drive you um but <laughs> but uh yeah but he but you know I feel guilty if I'm sitting there just pondering, right? I, I felt bad. I was like, should I just sit here? Is that, is that work? And it's actually really strong work is to think, right? And, and I remember when I started the insurance business, I showed my manager my calendar and I was proud because every space was filled with appointments. And he goes, where's your time to think? And I'm like, well, you do that on the toilet. And he goes, no, no, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have time to think, you know? And, and it, it's, I'm a slow learner at that. It's just, it's taken me a while to realize, no, you do. You've got to have time to think. You've got to have time to strategize. You've got to have time to plan and, and then reflect what's working, what's not working. And I think, you know, in a time of crisis, you've got to look at the big picture, right? I mean, and then hold it, hold it in context, too. If, if you look over the last 10 years, there's been a crisis every year. In election years, there's always been a bigger crisis, um, you know. And so um, whether, that's, whether that's contrived or coincidental, who knows what that is. But there's always been, there's been crisis. I mean, and so, and we, we've survived, we've survived all the different things that have been thrown at us. So you, you've got to have a long range view, I think, in, in, in things. And you also have to grow. Um, you know, how did you grow during this? What books did you read? What did you listen to? What podcast? What, what friends did you reach out to? Who did you talk to? You know, and that's, um, that's a big thing too, is realizing how important connections are. So I don't know, I, I guess I would just say that, you know, part of that whole process is, uh, the point I want to get across is just take time to reflect. Right. And reflect into growth, reflect into how can I, because there's always an answer. I mean, that's, that's what's cool. There's always an answer. It just may not be from how you see it today. Um, yeah. That's what was always neat about when you take, you know, I remember an assignment that I did one time with a, um, a company that, that we had to have a, um, a pizza place and a plumber's, plumber's business. And how do the two work, have the same business? And you run a pizza shop out of the plumbing shop. How's that work? Right. And that makes you think, well, can they? Right. But, well, how do you have to think outside the box to make that work so that it doesn't gross people out? Or, you mean, because some people don't like pizza, right? <laughs> Not in the same with a plumbing shop, but, but yeah. how, how does that work? And so um, use, use creative thinking and, and we don't, we don't do that much. We don't use critical thinking or creative thinking much. We just do. And I think that's a, that's something we all need to learn to do better at. What I, there was a, worked for a, a company last year uh, in Indianapolis that was, um, sending a whole department down to uh, South America. Well, everything but the people, right? So the people were going to be displaced. And and so the most popular session, uh, there's probably a hundred of them that went through different classes that I taught, put together and taught for them. But the one on critical thinking was the one that they absolutely loved because nobody had ever taught them critical thinking. They never thought about critical thinking, you know? And, and so it was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It's just a how do you, how can how do you start to critical think things you know how's that how's that work so well it's it's a good it's a good example uh, or a good a good example within my industry was i think pre covid and pre lockdown and while um you know engagement was amazing and people were meeting in place and 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 everything else was everybody was talking about the customer experience. Everybody was talking about, you know, how do you take a digital experience and, and kind of match the online and offline capabilities and stuff. Well, then when COVID hit, you know, we kind of got hit twofold. Right. One was all of a sudden we had to lay off all our staff. So uh, 
the first thing that companies were struggling was how to automate. How do we take, how do we take these processes that we had 15 people to do and get five people to do them? And so the first thing was that from that critical thinking, right, is okay, how do we survive with half the staff or a quarter of the staff and what kind of systems can we put in place to do that? And then the second half of that was, oh my God, we can't meet people in person. What, what are we going to do to our digital experience to, to, yeah. to help that? And so to your point, you know, that was where we pulled back, you know, me and my partners, we pulled back and we said, and the, 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 the horrible, I guess, thing about this is you do have to think as a business leader, how can I capitalize on this opportunity? And I'm not talking about making face masks. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. I, but I'm talking, okay, if, if all of a sudden 30% of the people in your industry are laid off, what can you do as a business person to take advantage of that, right? right. Now, one of them might be retraining efforts. One of them might be, uh, you know, networking, virtual networking, you know, things like that. Yeah. Training. Yeah. I kept begging people. I said, oh my God, stop, turn off Netflix and start yes. taking online courses. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. absolutely. There's dozens of them. Like, like yeah. it, it, come out of this smarter than you went in, come out of this more valuable to a business as you went in because your peers, if yeah. 10% of them are out there getting educated, you're going to be out for a much longer time, you know? Well, and, look, and look what you did. I did the same thing too. I have my, my backdrop down today, but, um, but, you know, how, how do we get better at online? How do we make, you know, I, I've got Zoom, but like the rest of the world, right? I've been doing Zoom all the time, but how do I get comfortable at it? I mean, I changed my lighting in my room. I, I got a microphone. I, I changed some things. You did the same thing. I, I saw on, on, you know, on social media where you enhanced your studio, you made things better uh, so people could, could hear you better, understand you better, see you better. And so sometimes, you know, that's how do we make it so that we can come across better? How do we present better? so that it's not a terrible presentation. Like I still see people that are doing this, you know, like they're online and they're looking over here and their cameras, you know, they got the white, the white wall behind yeah, them and, or, or a yeah. real bright, real bright light behind them. You can't see their face at all. You know, you have no idea what's going on there. And, and it just, it just blows my mind that people aren't realizing, dude, this is, this is your, this is your new handshake, right? This is yeah. your new handshake, you know? And so if you shake hands in a, in a wimpy way, uh, you know, then, then by golly, then, that's, that's the reputation you're going to have. Same thing here. This is your new handshake. How do, how do we come across? Can we be heard? Can we be seen? And, and it, it, um, how can I involve more senses in this dynamic of virtual, right? And so the more, the more senses I can involve, the better, the better experience it's going to be. So how do I do that? And, yeah, and, you, helped, and you helped me, by the way. Uh, you got oh. me on Ecamm Live, which was... Hey, that's cool, uh, isn't it? Oh my God, it was amazing because I, I was running into two, I basically built uh, to what Jack was saying was I built kind of a rebuilt my home studio. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be in a downtown office anymore. And I just said, I'm going to probably be doing a lot more presentations from home, demos, conversations, everything. So let me just, you know, and I had a good friend of ours, Chris Reed, he yeah. came and ripped out the wall behind me and cleaned it up and, and, and everything else. And then I re you know, bought a nice standing desk so that I could stand up or sit down, but I bought all this equipment. And the last problem I was running into, I was pro running into problems with lighting. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I got this, you know, nice soft light above me that uh, AJ Ablog again, yeah. you know, yeah. put me in touch with, but the last thing problem that I had was my camera. It was, I have these huge video 
you know, monitors in front of me. So I was having a hard time with glare and everything. And I said, man, I just wish I could adjust that picture and everything. And I think you said, have you tried out Ecamm Live? And I was like, no, what's this? And, and, that, and that's for us Mac lovers, right? Yeah. And so sure enough, you know, literally an hour later, I had, um, I did buy a new uh, USB camera, a Logitech Brio um, that I could, oh, yeah. that Ecamm integrated with, but I could adjust all the lighting. I could adjust yeah. the the proportions, the zoom level, everything, and kind of get it perfect. So thank you for that. Cause oh, uh, you're welcome. It makes, it I makes think, a huge difference. And yeah, and, it does, it know, does make a huge difference. Um, I've got a, I've got a new, um, well, there's a maximum. We have, we have two annual conferences. So is that biannual? I always get that confused. But anyway, this, the one in August, of course, like, like you know, that's where 3000 people from around the world literally go to Orlando and, you know, listen to the, the faculty and John and, and get ideas and accountability and stuff. But so what they did uh, this year, uh, they did, they used a program called um, Hopin, H-O-P-I-N dot C-A, I think it is. But or .to. But anyway, uh, what I can do now is like I can go to the chamber and I can have uh, speed networking. I can set the time limit of how much time I want people to network. And and, the, and you, what you do is you just click on I'm ready to network, and then it says wait a minute, and then it just randomly picks somebody and somebody pops up on your screen and you got three minutes to wow. say hey how you doing. That's really cool. And then you can have a main stage where you've got somebody giving a presentation. Then you can also have like in a in a trade show you can also have um, like booths. So I, so you could have, you know, you could have a booth, I could have a booth. And so people could stop by and then we can see them and they can see us. So it's like, a, it's like this, it's like a zoom interaction in the booths. And it's, it's really, really cool. Kind of um, like that virtual, again, you have to replace the real experiences with right. virtual ones if right. you want to survive this. So yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's, this is good. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, basically how do you keep your optimism? I think you, you said, you know, spend some time with yourself, you know, really start to analyze, make decisions quicker. Um, mm -hmm. So that's going to help you know when to pivot and, uh, you know, make tough decisions soon, not too yep. late. Yep. Um, how how grow, about that? Grow, you know, grow, make sure you're growing. Like you said, take the classes, read the books, right? How, grow yourself. It, yeah. You, you've got it. A, a leader that's not growing is not, it's not going to be a leader long. Yeah. You got to, you got to yeah. continue to grow. Well, it's a, it's a great point. I, I, it's funny how we, you know, we will go get a fitness coach, right. Or we'll go get a weight yeah. loss coach because we see that, you know, there's this tangible return and, you know, and everything else, but, but it's, it's strange how we don't go get a leadership coach. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when, it, when 99% of us have room to grow as leaders, right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're, your your thoughts determine your um, your feelings. Your feelings determine your action. Who's coaching your thinking? Right, that's the key piece. Is how, how who's helping you think better? Who's helping you grow that thinking piece? Yeah, so I, I just you know part of what I've done is when this whole COVID thing is, I just reached out to some chambers and said I want to do some um, some webinars on leading through crisis, and you don't have to pay for them. Just anybody that wants to come can, and and we'll just we'll we'll work on some stuff. We'll we'll learn and grow and. Uh, I've got some incredible friends from that. I think I grew my list, not by a lot, 200 people maybe in a couple months, but, uh, but it was, it was good. It was, and, and just good, solid people, you know? Well, and that's, and that's an investment, right? Because right. Uh, as, as people come out of this, if they remember who was it that helped us through, who was it that helped me make that decision? You know, now those people um, are, are prospects for you. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, here's a, here's kind of a last question for you is, Obviously, within this, you know, within our roles as leaders, 
we also have to motivate employees, right? We, mm-hmm. we have to keep things positive. We have to keep things going. But there's no, no doubt in our employees' minds that, you know, they got to be sitting there going, I wonder how we're doing. I wonder if we're making it. I wonder, you know, what, what can a leader do to, uh, you know, you can't lie to your employees. Oh, my God, you, no, no. You've, no. You've, got, you've got to, you know, create realistic expectations for them. But still, how do you keep them motivated and working hard and know that they're appreciated, uh, you know, and all of those pieces that go with being a great leader during a time where, you know, your, your own future is questionable? Yeah, you know, I wish I had the exact right answer. I have an opinion on that. But, you know, followers really want three basic things. You know, will you listen to me? Um, can you help me? In other words, are you able to uh, and, and will you? So able, ability and, and willingness. And the last one is, can I trust you, right? And so, uh, it, and so that brings back to, yes, you have to be transparent. You have, you have to talk. You may, you may not have to share, you know, um, financial details or stuff like that, but you have to say, look, it's important that we all are most productive right now. It's important that we do this. It's important that we do that. And then focus on what matters. Like, don't, you know, I told you about the, um, the, the people that were like, you know, how, that, how do I make sure they're not taking too many breaks, right? Well, is the work getting done? Focus on what matters. Don't, because uh, today matters, every day matters, and consistency compounds. And so um, how can you help the employees feel better? Because, and catch them doing something right. You catch, that goes back to Spencer Johnson and, and Ken Blanchard. Golly, one minute manager. Catch people doing stuff right. People who feel good about themselves do good work. And so many times when things get scary, people get mean. Um, <laughs> You know, and they and and so they they um, they don't reach out. They they uh, they they lash out, I guess. And so um, the thing to think about is, you know, how can I catch my folks doing stuff right? How can I how can I become more of a um, how can I increase my patience and, and my tolerance a little bit and and connect more? Uh, one of the things I think that's happened here in this whole process is that people are, are lonely. People are they don't feel connected, and that's too bad. And some people I've heard feel more connected now because they actually got to see their boss more. They actually got to talk to their boss and their boss even checked in on them, right? That's a leader when, when somebody does that. So I think you have to be transparent, absolutely transparent. I think you have to have uh, a positive life stance. You have to, you have to look for the good in there. There's an old joke that Ronald Reagan used to tell that, you know, some a family gave uh, a little boy a big pile of horse poop for Christmas and, and the kid just jumped into it and started throwing it. And they're like, Billy, what are you doing? And he said, with all this horse shit, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. You know, and that's, that's a positive life stance, right? That's, I mean, look for what you can do. Look for what does work. And, and then I think just be transparent, you know, share what you can. I mean, you know, and then tell people, look, here's, here's what we need. And, and so many times we don't give feedback. You know, we, do, we don't set expectations, which creates a standard of low. And we don't give feedback because people think feedback's negative and it's not, it's not negative. Ask the yeah. folks, how do you think you're doing? Ask that question first, because if they think they're doing bad and they're doing bad, that's a different conversation if they think they're doing good and they're doing bad, right? There's two different conversations there. And so most times when we, I've seen feedback given, it's you come into my office and sit down and I tell you everything you did wrong. And then I say, okay, Doug, have a good day, right? Oh, and you're not going to get a raise this year, you know, which they, they which is the wrong time to do all that. And, Right. And like you said earlier, right, about, you know, we want you to be more rounded than this. You know, I ain't going to do it. I mean, that's not me. That's not, that's not, that's not going to make me better. 
So I, I think a leader needs to understand that. But that all requires growth. That all requires learning, growing. Well, how do I look at this different? You know, and so I don't know if I answered your question. I think I did, but. No, you absolutely yeah. did. So yeah, you you absolutely did, and I think that's that's a uh, what what were the three again that you said? Listening. Uh, yeah, they uh, will you listen to me, and then can you and will you help me? That's that's two, and the third one is can I trust you? Oh, that's fantastic. Right. That's yeah. a that's a that's a good closer for this, Jack. Jack, for people that um, want to seek you out, obviously you you deal with you deal with mostly local clients in Indianapolis, right? Yeah, I do but I also have I, you know I've had clients. Florida, North Carolina. Um, okay. Yeah. And I mean, out West. So yeah, I've traveled the United States doing what I do. So yeah, absolutely. And so, and so tell people how to find you. Um, gosh, that's therapy. Um, no, so uh, you, can find me, <laughs> you can find me at GYB coaching. It's green, yellow, blue, but it stands for what Doug said, grow your business coaching.com. Um, and, um, you know, this opportunity coming up here soon in a couple of weeks is the live to lead. If you go to live the number two lead indie.com, you can check out who those speakers are, and you'll get to hear that great talk from last year from Marcus Buckingham, um, uh, which I would highly recommend. Uh, you can go check that out. So live the number two, leadindy.com. Live to leadindy.com. That's fantastic, and of course you're on social media as well, so yeah, people can man. follow you there. Yeah. Um, but but and you can find all those connections at gybcoaching.com as well. So absolutely, yep. Jack, uh, thank you for being such a good friend. Thank you for oh, thank providing. You such amazing wisdom today. And uh, we, we got to do this more often. We'll do this yeah. when the, uh, when the, when the, when we get on the, uh, when we get on the downhill again, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, Doug, I appreciate you very much. You've been, been a good friend too. And I just appreciate your attitude towards life, your attitude um, towards things. And just, uh, I just, I, I feel connected to you and I just appreciate you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it, sir. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. 